Young people from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part, too. <laughs> They're doing their part. Are you? Join the mobile infantry and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. The bugs send another meteor our way. But this time, we're ready. Planetary defenses are better than ever. Plandathu, source of the bug meteor attacks, orbits a twin star system whose brutal gravitational forces produce an unlimited supply of bug meteorites in the form of this asteroid belt. To ensure the safety of our solar system, Plandathu must be eliminated. We break net now and take you live to Plandathu, where the invasion has begun. Um, hey, welcome back to Action Action, the podcast that watches all the action movies in the world eventually, I guess. Did you just wake up or? I am in quarantine or so sorry. It's not quarantine. It's self-isolation. They call it. Yeah. You got to be like, Hey guys, welcome to action. Action podcast. Welcome to them. This is John with me as always. (laughs) The morning zoo crew. No, it's not really my, that's not really my vibe. Uh, Hey guys, this is uh, action action. Um, We watch movies. You know who's great is Paul Shear. He's great at introducing things. That's because he just gives it. He just fucking goes for it. Whether he sounds like an idiot or not. Did you listen to the new episode of fucking uh, How Did This Get Made, Dustin? Uh, I think I'm one behind the Holy Matrimony or something. Uh, No, it's a special Scientology episode. Oh, I didn't listen to that, no. I listened to it. I like Leah Remini, what she has to say. I just hate listening to her say it. (laughs) Uh, we are back with another big episode. Before we get into the episode, I want to say, hey, please check us out on our Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash action underscore action. Um, you're going to find a whole bunch of stuff there, like uh, early access and opportunities to get your your voices heard, maybe pick a movie or two. I want to shout out two people, uh, our first two Patreons. I want to shout out Ryan and Wes. Thank you guys so much for being our first Patreons, or patrons, I should say. Patrons on Patreon. You should be like, I want to give a warm thank you to Ryan and Wes out there. Thanks for listening. James, James, hit the, hit, hit the friend, hit the friend button. <laughs> it's a friend button. Mm. Yeah, it's a friend, friend button. Our buddies. Oh, hey, John. Dustin I can't do James. it. I, I can't do this character. You can't? Um, no, I can't do that character. So before we get into this movie, before I, I say what it is, um, do you guys want to talk about what you have watched this week? I have been in lockdown, so I've watched a whole bunch of shit. Um, mm, but Dustin, maybe, maybe you want to go first. You got a list? Uh, I, it's not, I don't want to talk about everything. Um, I will say that when I – I forget what I talked about on the – we just recorded an episode, you and I, Dustin couple days yeah we i'm Um, so glad to have james back i missed you so much bud yeah i'm sure it's really boring that last episode but (laughs) hey it's okay no 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 james no life you know yeah you know i gotta bring the i don't know i don't know what i bring to the party but 
Uh, I think it's called pizzazz. It's a certain je ne sais quoi. Okay, yeah. I don't speak French, so... <laughs> I'll, also, I'll run down what I watched. So, just um, the, the big things that stood out to me... We talked about Kid Detective in the last episode, me and you, Dustin. I started watching uh, a show that I've heard really good things about for a long time. I think I've read Patton Oswalt like, tweeting about it and stuff like that. Um, it's called The Expanse. Have you guys seen the show? I have not seen the show, but I have read uh, the first six books that the show's based How on. How many books are there? No. The ninth and final book is coming out soon. That's a lot of books, man. <laughs> That's too yeah. many books. That's too many books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so I watched that. Uh, I'm sorry, I started watching that. I'm in like almost in the second season. It's a really fun show. It's a show that seems like it got more money in the second season, but I have some problems with it. Mm-hmm. I still like it all overall. Thomas Jane is in it. It's pretty, yeah, it's a pretty good show. It's about people in space. There's three different things. There's, so there's, there's like, they're, they're trying to terraform, I think that's the right word, Mars. So there's Mars, there's Earth, and there's this place called the Belt, which is in between where they, it's, it's, these people are born there, they live there, and, but they're, they're, they don't have the same bone structure as, right, because the gravity is different. Because the gravity is different. So Mm. they're, so there's this, like, there's this, like, racism, I guess between like earthlings and belters, belters, and yeah, belters and 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 Mars, uh, they they speak a different. It's 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 a yeah, it's like a patois. It's like a, a patois, slang. which yeah. yeah, and it's it's really awesome. Like the show is really great at world building. I really like it. It seems like a low budget show that punches way above its weight like yeah I, i'm yeah. really excited to watch it but i just didn't want to start it until i finished the books because once you see i feel like once i see a movie or a tv show version of something then i can't picture the characters any other way than how they look on the on the movie or whatever totally so. uh, totally i mean every time you you watch a movie when i read see here's the thing dustin so when i was uh when i was about 14 years old and wait i'm gonna the, keep this short weren't you i read the novelization of face off oh, it completely right. changed yeah. how i saw the characters <laughs> like, this is not this is not a made-up story i owned the <laughs> the novelization of face off Oh man, I used to have some of those novelizations. I remember I had a Die Hard with a Vengeance novelization. Yeah. I think I had the Tim Burton Batman movie novelization. Oh, and Hook. I had Hook, the novelization. I had a Men in Black novelization. Nice. Oh yeah, I totally remember you. I mean, these are important. These are important novels. Milestones. <laughs> milestones. Yeah. Well, you know, when we're I talking mean, about literature, we're going to Once be- you've I'm saying once you've read the novelization of of Face Off, I mean, there's no going back. Well, you can't. I mean, you. I mean, how can you put that into words, though? Like, I don't. I tell you, they did it. Those those sons of bitches. Those fucking did it. Those animals did it, and we're better for it. If you can look up the, uh, yeah, if you have a, uh, I'm sure it's going for quite a quite a tidy sum right now. But if you can pick yourself up a copy of the novelization of Face Off, I would definitely get involved in that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, the expense. Read it now. <laughs> Yeah, so do I actually. Again, uh, Expanse is really good. Watched a bunch of Murder She Wrote's. Those were dope. Uh, if you're looking to take your mind off something, just watch Murder She Wrote. That show's fucking bananas. Uh, and I watched the the latest season of Arth, uh, Archer that just came on Netflix. Oh yeah. Uh, what was the most recent season? The what was it about? 
I can't remember so if they I'm most, caught so up or not. It was the, f- the first season when he's out of a coma. Okay, yeah, and then I must have seen that, yeah. So he's been in a coma for like three or four years now. Right. So they had a bu- bunch of wild seasons. And he's finally out of the coma, and he's back to his old ways, I guess. And I don't know, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really great. It's only eight episodes. Like, it's a pretty quick watch. So, yeah. That's what I've been watching. How about you, Dustin? I watched a couple movies. I watched uh, Willy's Wonderland, which I had posted about on Instagram. This is the new Nick Cage movie where he is uh, locked in a sort of abandoned Chuck E. Cheese type place. Yeah, I want to see that. Isn't there a video game like Five Nights at Freddy's or something? Yes, it's Mm got to be inspired by that. Um, He has to fight the animatronic uh, creatures inside the place that were all possessed by dead serial killers. Uh, that sounds perfect it sounds like it sounds like what you want from Nick Cage Uh, I can't say it was great unfortunately it does deliver on the Nick Cage beating the shit out of animatronic things nice front so it might be worth watching if you're interested in that the story is like total shit the acting is mostly pretty bad Nick Cage well maybe this is a spoiler but he does not uh, utter a single word of dialogue in this film (laughs) Oh, what? He's like mute or something. Like he's is his character mute or is he just is that a, is that a well, choice? Well, it doesn't it doesn't say that he's mute, but he has no lines and he doesn't say anything at any point. And he ignores like when people talk to him, he just like kind of ignores them and stuff. <laughs> so I don't know. It's a weird movie. <laughs> okay. Weird. Maybe they didn't want to pay him. Like they're like, well, we can't. Aff- Nick, we want you in the movie, but we just can't afford to pay you. I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, and he's like, no fuck lines. yeah, I want a challenge. Yeah, well, I could totally see Nick Cage being like, yeah, I could really bring something interesting to this performance with no dialogue. <laughs> I could also see him walking in <laughs> and being like... shit out of animatronic. But I could also see him walking in and being like, they're animatronic, they're robots. I'm a robot. Yeah. I don't speak. They don't speak. <laughs> well, they actually do speak, though. Well, then that's what separates him from them. <laughs> I guess. And then I also watched this horror movie called St. Maud. Have you guys heard of St. Maud? Why do I feel like I've seen that? Is it about nuns or something? Well, it's about this religious girl, super religious girl, who's like a nurse. It's an A24 movie. This kind of really surprised me because it did actually have a bunch of like hype before it came out. But then since it came out, I haven't really heard anyone talk about it much. I'm seeing a picture. The first picture that shows up in multiple times is of a girl in like what looks to be like a dingy room, like yes. one bedroom apartment. Yeah with like floating uh-huh. <laughs> like an arch uh it's definitely more on the psychological end of the spectrum it's not like a gory thing there's not a bunch of jump scare sh- things happening it's shot like really amazing and it's just kind of like an unnerving slow burn and then there gets to be some moments that happen in the movie this movie actually had a moment that scared me more than anything has scared me in a movie and like i can't even tell you how long so like, you're saying like not a jump scare like a genuine like fear of god moment well like it was kind of a jump scare but it was done so well that like not only did i jump but like a a rush of like you know like goosebumps went through my whole body (laughs) which i this never happens to me like i haven't had been affected by anything i've seen in a horror movie and i don't know you're not even not even the uh feed her (laughs) 
yeah no, no like it was uh yeah i don't know it got me it got to me so i, I had to respect it for that it has really cr- crazy good sound design all right james you watch this movie and you report back this oh, is not a james okay. horror movie i don't think oh is this a yeah. me horror movie yeah i think you would like it john yeah the smart psychological ones are not <laughs> yeah i know yeah there's james. just no explosions there's no bodies yeah, getting right. hacked to pieces yeah, yeah. <laughs> james is a gore whore it's a gore whore yeah Exactly. Okay, well, I'll watch uh, it. By the way, the uh, face-off mass market paperback uh, released June 12th, 1997. Available on Amazon for $16.99. Boom. Fuck, man. That's buy way that, more than I paid for it. Buy that up right now. So, have at her. It's, once, uh, people, once people hear this episode, the price is going to go through the roof. I mean, it's got a four and a half star rating. Out of five? <laughs> How many people rated it? Four. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you this: I read it there, more than once. Are there like, any re- are there any reviews? Can, I, there, I was fifty fourteen year old John. Oh, there is a written review. Okay, let's hear it. This isn't just a thrill ride; it's a rocket. <laughs> this is way too long. I can't go into this. <laughs> oh man, I want to hear it so bad. No, you're just gonna have to look it up now. Shit. Okay. Note to self. Okay, are you done? You're done. Your what you watch? I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So I watched um, Promising Young Woman. I watched that. Oh, which, what'd you think? I thought it was all right. I expected it to be better than it was. To be honest with you. Oh, James. And uh, <laughs> and you know, at the at the end of the movie, it's like everyone's a bad guy. I guess. Well, so, she's not really. Um, I don't know. Is she not? Hmm. Okay, I mean, you guys like, both watched it, didn't you? Okay, so I, I think that she was on a suicide mission, whether she knew it or not. I think that deep down she knew. Spoilers for promising young woman. I think the thing with, with her character was we saw this moment where she could almost have gotten out of this whole thing that she was in and rest- like gone back to kind of having a normal life. But these, this trauma was so deep yeah. for her that she just could not leave it behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I agree. I think she was so broken at that point that she just she knew what she was doing even if she wouldn't admit it to herself. Mm-hmm. And the choices that she makes, like I mean, these are vague things to say. I mean, if someone's listening to this and they haven't seen the movie, it's just a bunch of I, I, I mean yeah, yeah, I should have I should have said spoiler or whatever, but like I'm not a big spoiler guy. I'll still see a movie if everything's been spoiled for I me. I mean to me that was what worked is because it was like the heartbreak of it is that she couldn't not she couldn't yeah like yeah she was on a collision course like so as soon as what happened to set this entire thing in motion happened this is the natural conclusion whether Mm -hmm. she knew it or not right she was an asteroid hurtling towards the planet like she was Mm -hmm. this is this is it yeah no Um, i guess what i take from it is everyone in that movie pretty much is like that person yeah not good so yeah but I think the difference is, is that the main character, she was well, somewhat forced into something. There were there were moments where she um, she had forgiveness for cer- or patience for certain people, like Alfred Molina's character, for example. Um, you know, and then like the mother of her friend. Um, so there were some characters that weren't just bad. And that even Alison Brie, like there, she was a flawed character, but she wasn't necessarily evil, right? I think you know with the Bo Burnham stuff that really worked for me because he's so perfect at being the nice funny guy and then you know she has this thing 
and it's it's maybe not an insurmountable thing to get over because yeah he was like a young dumb idiot but because it's directly related to this thing that happened to her and her friend mm-hmm. there's no way she could look at him yeah anything other than yeah it's possible i think that that what you're talking about though is i think we could i could spend hours talking about this movie is that a situation happened in which he can get over something mm-hmm. but the situation that he was a part of and helped create she can never get over it. And it's about the trauma of that. It's about who we allow to grow from, from, from people's actions. Who we, when something bad happens, who do we allow, who's allowed to even have the ability to change, you know, like Bo Burnham has an ability to, at that point, change who he is, change his trajectory. The consequences of the action they negate certain people's ability to change. Like they're, they're just done at that point. There's also like the whole aspect of him wanting to, you know, when the police come and interview him, he takes the cowardly way. He yeah. wants to protect yeah. himself. Of course. And so anyway, it, it's a really interesting movie. I think it, tonally it's a bit of a mess, but I, I still mm-hmm. really liked it a lot. Yeah. I disagree. I think that it's a movie that is made with a very specific intent and if you follow the like the filmmakers and what they want, it, it kind of it goes against what you want. But it was their vision. It goes the way it should go, whether that's un- comfortable or uncomfortable. It's it's somewhat jarring, but I don't know. I I really liked it. Um, to get somber for a second. <laughs> yeah. So I also watched the man who knew too little. Oh yeah, so nice, Bill Murray. Yeah. Which I quite enjoyed. You know, I saw that movie, I think, on a plane back when it was new, and I don't remember anything about it. Look who could fly in the 90s. You and your planes. I think you've said this before. I think I was flying to India at the time to be a missionary. Look who can fly continental. (laughs) Uh, So I watched that. To be a missionary. Ooh. Yeah. And then Lord. I also watched um, The Guest. Oh, oh nice. fuck. What did you think? That movie is phenomenal. Like, we, we definitely do, do need that. to do it on the show. I mm. love this movie. Like, it's so good. I, I, almost, I almost couldn't believe I haven't seen it yet, but it reminded me so much of Upgrade. Yeah, Upgrade. And there's, like, such little, like, there's nods to so many other movies, like Terminator and totally. Halloween, even, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. That's another super indie film like that that was coming out like in the I don't know mid 2000s. Yeah, is, that, is, that like is that ten years old already? That movie. I was just looking at the guest actually. Yeah, it was like 2013 or 2014 yeah, or something. 2014. It was like the mid aughts. There was like all these crazy indie action movies coming out. They're they're kind of a splinter off actually of like people who made kind of horror movies or like. Um, like this is directed by uh, Adam Wingard. Yeah, Wingard. Yeah, he did mostly horror stuff before that. Yeah, like he was doing um, like horrible way to die. What fun we have. He he was part of the VHS crew, right. all that kind yeah, of yeah. shit. Right. I love this movie. I thought it was so great. But what's his name? The I, I associate. Oh, he him. did. Uh, he did your next, which I fucking loved. Yeah. Uh, wait a second. He's he did your next, which means Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh, okay. He, yeah, yeah. He just got tapped for another movie. His name just came up. He did, unfortunately, oh, do the... fuck uh, yes. He's doing the face-off reboot. Reboot. Fuck oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why do I know? Why Wait, do we need name? a Facebook reboot? I sent this to you guys. This week. or Yeah, this week I sent it to you. Who, who are you going to replace Rage Cage with? We've uh-huh. already talked about this. Walton Goggins. Mm-hmm. 
Actually, and, uh, you know, you know who, uh, you know who should be in Face Off is I hate his guts, but he's like he's crazy. Shia LaBeouf should be in it. Oh, oh. shit! I can no, see Shia, that. I can Shia LaBeouf's canceled. He ain't making another movie. What? Why is he canceled? I like Shia. Because uh, he <laughs> almost killed FKA Twig, his girlfriend. Oh shit. Well, that's serious business. You guys don't know about this? No. Who doesn't accidentally almost kill their girlfriend? <laughs> come on, that's relatable. I mean, come on. I mean, usually, James, I'm asking you to cut things from the podcast because of me. I'm thinking <laughs> that maybe. Oh, no. Hell no. That's going no, in. No cut. Oh, hell, oh, hell no. Uh, it's Adam Rappaport and uh, Walton Goggins. Wait, Walton Goggins is actually in it? No, I'm just saying he should oh, be. Oh, you're it. just throwing me I think it should be. I think it should be fucking 50 Cent. And Walton Goggins. Jesus. What? 50, 50 Cent and Ja Rule. Oh. Holy shit, I would watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, but to get back to uh, uh, The Guest, I always um, associate that with uh, uh, Jeremy Soliner. I don't know how you say it. Son, Sonier. Sonier, whatever. Like, it's it's in that group of, of films, right? Like, Blue Ruin and Green Room and shit like that. Where it's like this, like, 2000s horror slash action slash just, like, everything is, like, really, really bleak. Yeah, I gotta watch The Guest again, so we should, we should do it at some point. I mean, Blue Ruin comes out a little bit after this. Speaking of westerns that have nothing to do with this movie we watched today. Well, there's a segue. <laughs> Speaking of classic American movie structures like westerns, you guys ready for a for a war movie about bugs? About good, honest, hardworking bugs killing fascists. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so this week on the podcast, we watched Starship Troopers. Roll the trailer. In every age, there is a cause worth fighting for. But in the future, the greatest threat to our survival will not be man at all. Hey, kid, what's going on? It's war! We're going to war! Now the youth of tomorrow must travel across the stars to defend our world. We are a generation commanded by fate to defend humankind. Everyone fights, no one quits. We are going in with first wave. You smash the entire area, you kill anything that has more than two legs, you get me? We get you, sir! But they will face an enemy more devastating than any ever imagined. for us, didn't they? Ah! TriStar Pictures takes you to the front lines of the next frontier. Kill them all! Starship Troopers. Yeah, so this week on the episode, sorry, this week on the podcast, it was my pick, 
we watched Starship Troopers, 1997 film uh, directed by uh, Paul Verhoeven. I'm going to say, like, he's up in the God tier now. Of yeah, the on our show. On our show. Like, who else is up there? Well, John Carpenter, of course. John Carpenter, yeah. Shane, Shane Black. We had this Shane yeah, Black. We had this conversation recently. Yeah, so I think God tier now is those three. Let's just let's put them there. So uh, it's pretty a pretty basic synopsis. I mean, humans in a fascist, militaristic future war, sorry, future wage war with giant alien bugs. See, now that's an interesting synopsis to me because I don't think that was the synopsis they would have used when the movie came out. Like this is a this is a, a thing somebody wrote afterwards, much after. Much is that what later. you think? Yeah, I think that just because like. When the movie came out, it wasn't terribly well received, and people thought that it was actually like pro fascism. Um, I don't think that people, when this movie came out, saw the through line. Yeah, they didn't realize that it was satirizing uh, these things. So, like later, I think in the 2000s, I was re- doing some reading about this last night. I think after 9 11, people started to uh, appreciate this movie in a different way than they did when it had come out there was some people who liked it because they just took it as a, a for on its face value for like an army armies killing bugs <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i so i saw this movie i think i was like 14 years old uh we asked the guy in front of us to buy tickets to it because it was rated like 18a <laughs> uh, right, right. you just had and, to sit on uncle jamie's lap for a little while after yeah i sucked his dick and we watched the movie and then how much of the was, movie did you see or miss? He was pretty quick, so like I missed like like I missed the opening credits. I actually no, actually I only missed the op- the first trailer. Oh okay. man, it's not even worth it then. <laughs> yeah, I missed the one trailer. Uh, so I didn't. I'm I remember not liking this movie when I saw it. I was 14 years old, right? right. So, so imagine a 14 year old killed in, in 1997. I mean, like. That is not that person does not have the wherewithal to understand what is like being made fun of here. Well, I'd be lying too if I said that I totally got it on my first viewing because I saw it in the theater as well. You were thirty six, right? I was thirty seven years old. <laughs> I mean, I still don't get uh, it all. Um. So, well, we'll get we'll get into it. But like, I I definitely was like, I don't know, that was really campy and weird, you know, when I saw it. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, you're watching the campiest dumbest shit and loving it you're watching like kickboxer four and being like fuck you well, man no. that could really happen i could be him kickboxer one day kickboxer four to be fair was a real gritty uh subtle take on the on the kickboxing genre james is watching three ninjas <laughs> kick back and being like i don't know i could be tum tum hell yeah I really you tell me you can? and i could put myself in his his shoes yeah yeah i always want to be cold yeah well, you are a cold why did you decide to go with Starship Troopers? I picked this movie because Verhoeven is God. That's I need to say. There's been so much conversation about this movie, and like, for some reason, it keeps popping up in other things I'm reading and listening to. Um, mm-hmm. People just keep talking about Starship Troopers, and I have not actually seen this movie since I saw it. Oh, really? No, I haven't. Um, so it was really, really cool to get to watch it again now i mean starship troopers was not a movie that just like friends would be like let's watch starship troopers right <laughs> because like anybody who had saw it when it came out that was like my age was like this we're movie gonna, we're gonna sucks. do a, we're gonna do a double feature garden state and uh, starship troopers <laughs> yeah this song's gonna change your life now let's watch starship troopers 
So I, I, I've wanted, I wanted to watch it. I wanted an excuse to watch it. Yeah. So I'm pretty glad. I'm really glad we, we, I picked it because it's great. The only thing I really remember from this movie is how campy it was. I remember the, the shower scene, obviously, as a 14-year-old kid in the theater being like, whoa, like <laughs> guys and girls are showers. showering together and it's like not a big deal. Like no one's making a point. Like, it was super weird. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to watch it again. I think it's kind of apt. I'm glad we watched it now instead of like in the past four years because, you know, I mean, fascism is definitely on the rise. It's, I, don't, I don't know if it's been stronger since the forties than it is now, but it would have been kind of just like lame to watch it during the like Trump administration because it's been like too on point <laughs> now that we're I like, this like, is, I can't tell this apart from the news. Yeah, and not that it's that much different than what's happening still, especially in places like America or India or China or wherever. I don't know. I I, I just wanted to revisit it and, and, and see it again and see if it stood up in the way that people have been talking about it. And I'd say that it fucking nails it. Like, it, it it's an amazing piece of – I don't understand how this film was made, frankly. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about that he got people to agree to let him make this – uh, in this way. Well, I guess, you know, they're going off of the strength of something like RoboCop because there's a lot of similar elements in this movie that we saw in RoboCop in the, the way that he, he satirizes society. Aren't they like, like 15 years apart though, or like 20 yeah, years yeah. apart? I mean, yeah, but he had, he'd had hits in the between like basic instinct was a big deal. Right. So I think you see some of the, you see some of the interstitial scenes here are kind of tied to RoboCop in the way that he presents the news and stuff. So for here, we're, we're looking at websites it's also the same the same writer as RoboCop. Is it? Yeah. yeah. So the same guy who wrote this wrote RoboCop. Um, Edward Numerez. Yeah, I can see. Uh, that. Sorry, Edward Edward Numier. Yeah, and I think there, there's you can see the similarities in some in some ways in the in the way the comedy is at least. Uh, it's fucking so funny. Like all of those those like news breaks are hilarious. A murderer was captured this morning and tried today. Guilty. Sentence, death. Execution tonight at six. All net, all channels. Would you like to know more? Do you want to know more? Obviously, like, tw late 20s to early 30s people playing teenagers is just hilarious. I, I think I read that uh, they were all, like, 29 years old. <laughs> yeah. Like, Patrick like, Muldoon, I looked up his, like, his rival. Yeah, he looks like he's, like, 46 years old, and he's well, supposed I, to be I in high school when, <laughs> when yeah, we're looked the football them all, I looked them all up. They're they're all born in like the late sixties or early seventies. It's the only person who looks young. I would say is uh, what's his name, Doogie Hauser. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, he looks like he's like four. Ph. Yeah, and he he's one of the youngest 14. people. Oh. <laughs> you know those those news broadcasts. That was like a choose your own adventure news. Right. You have the mouse, yeah, no shit, the mouse right? is clicking on different. Uh, tabs to read or see like the videos about the yeah, things. Yeah, so I guess it's supposed to be like um, like as if you're a, a trooper and you're watching the news or getting updates and so it's like you get to pick whatever. A citizen. A citizen, <laughs> yeah. Somebody who actually yeah. gets to vote. You well, only can vote you, if you're in the military. You become a citizen after you serve in the military? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Or you have to serve for a certain amount of time. Okay, so let's let's just explain the citizen and then what are the non citizens called? Like scumbags or <laughs> civilians. Civilians. 
<laughs> I think. I think they're called civilians. So the difference is that a, a citizen is willing to sacrifice. Right. So there's whereas like, a citizen is will is just wants civilian. to be a part of something. Yeah. Civilian. Sorry. It's all. It's all. It's all fashy bullshit. Right. Like. This movie is completely built on fascism. Like the symbolism is all fascist. The way they dress, the flag, yeah, the, the, the uniforms, the symbols, the uniforms, everything. I mean, they look like fucking Nazi stormtroopers. Like the way that all these videos are presented to you is like propaganda films, like from World War II, whether American or German. Yeah, you, know, you yeah. saw these propaganda movies about oh, join the cause and help. You know, Uncle Sam. You know, pitch in yeah. your tin or whatever the fuck. It's all fucking total bullshit, right? But it's all just to push this like fashy agenda of just you're not you're nothing if you're not willing to like kill and die. And the movie just like beats you over the head with how stupid the decision to join the army is. Like it's so funny. Like Casper Van Dien, uh, Johnny Rico decides to join. Right at the last minute, he joins up, and like they're getting their introduction from like this guy behind a desk. He's like, "I'm infantry." Like Casper Van Dien says, "Yeah, congratulations." And, and <laughs> the guy behind the desk is like, "Congratulations! It made me the man who I am today." He has like he has a fake arm and no legs. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just showing like how this is all dumb. There's a point later on in the movie. Where there's a news broadcast, and there's this like kind of like throwaway, uh, throwaway line where the news broadcaster says something to the effect of, "Some people believe that if we hadn't just left them alone, and just yeah, not live and let live, if we live and let invaded, live, if we hadn't invaded the bugs' territory first, <laughs> they wouldn't have done anything." But and it's all just like, yeah, just fucking leave them alone. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have done anything. To, like, I don't know. I I really have. Of the one of the most political movies we've watched, I was like, I don't want to get political about this. There are way smarter people that can dissect this than I mean, us. I think it it ends up working out for Johnny Rico though in the end because I mean, if he didn't join, yeah. he would have died. That's true. He would have. No, he been, wouldn't have he died. Nope. He would have been in Buenos Aires. Oh, he would have been no, on vacation in that that beach place. No, exactly. but, but that his... place doesn't exist anymore because there's a line like, "Oh." Yeah, I think he's. I think James is right. No, he would. He would. He was on a cruise or something like that, wouldn't he? I think that place is supposed to have gotten wiped out too. Oh. But I think that's. It's an interesting journey to watch Johnny Rico. Uh, the guy's an funny. idiot. He's a fucking moron. He's fucking, that's a, I think that's part of the. the, the that's why Casper Van Dien is the perfect play, person to like, play. Holy! Role. That I think that also was a commentary on how ridiculous it is. He's a fucking idiot who bumble fucks his way up the ranks. He goes from being a private to being like a colonel. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But something I respect about the way that Verhoeven tells the story uh, in the movie is that, you know, yes, he's. He's absolutely skewering all these political ideology uh, aspects throughout the film. But at the same time, he is still telling a story of here's this uh, group of soldiers and their relationships and how those relationships build over the course of the film. And, you know, we have this whole thing about seeing this journey of these characters that start at school together and then go their separate ways. And they all like kind of and they somehow rise up, rise up in the ranks in their various sections yeah. and stuff well they're all but they're all from wealthy families like they're all elitists to begin with right well, i think we're i think we're supposed to think johnny rico is the, from the wealthiest family right maybe the wealthiest but they're all like elites 
Yeah, I'm not sure about that aspect or not, because I was reading something about how there's some scenes that were cut out where uh, Johnny's parents are supposed to hate Denise Richards because she's from like a poor family or something like that. Well, I'm I'm, I'm guessing uh, that they're supposed to be in, like rich because they are very against joining the. So. Yeah, that's something that poor people do because they don't have another option. Yeah, because literally, well, I don't. I mean, this all ties to actual. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm trying in the military. Really hard not to get like political about it, but it's the idea that like they're it's a fascist state in which they're wealthy. They don't have to. Their kids don't have to. They're they're supposed to be fake liberal elites almost, in a sense, right? Yeah. And then what, their punishment is dying. They end up. They're the first ones to get killed in like the the first strike right, right? it wipes out that entire area i'm so from Buenos Aires, and i say kill them all <laughs> yeah so what's really so funny many though, hilarious cheesy lines yeah in this movie. And, and i think that the other really important comment it makes is that like i'm i'm, I'm going to talk about america predominantly but like how in america socialism is like really really bad but so many people join the army literally because of everything that socialism gives you which is an education and medical and they they you know they take care of you they give you like job placements like that's like it socialism is good for some well it's a like, trade off right you have to put your life on the line and then you might get these rewards afterwards you might yeah I, I, did you notice when they take their pledge there's a line that is like uh i i pledge to join up for no less than two years and perhaps and perhaps longer depending on <laughs> how long they need me or whatever it's something like that <laughs> yeah so it's just like an it's indefinite pretty, thing it's pretty ridiculous but i mean we watch this movie i pick this movie for its political points um I think we've kind of talked about them a lot and that's something. I mean, but this well, movie is, is, it's what the movie is. It's what like, the movie so really is. not I, talk about it. I know. I just, it's, it's hard. I just don't, I don't, I know that I could just go off on all that stuff. So I want to, I want to talk about like what happens in the film, which is, so you start off with pretty much all these characters. You got Casper Van Dien, uh, you got uh, Dina Mayer, you got Denise Richards, Jake Busey, Neil Patrick Harris. Well, Jake Busey isn't there. Neil Patrick Harris. They're all in this like high school together, obviously like in their like late 20s, which is like a really funny commentary, I think. I think this is definitely done on purpose. They all decide to join the service, whatever service or whatever. And they end up going their different ways. There's also this like tele tele telepathy is like a thing now. If you think you're psychic, maybe you are. Federal studies are being conducted in your community. Would you like to know more? Yeah, so we people, certain people have evolved to have telepathic abilities. Neil Patrick Harris being one of them. How does each person get put into what they're going to sign up for? Is it based on like their grades or their ability? I, yes, I, I, think how. I think you were supposed to think that it's based on grades and aptitudes and stuff because we, okay. we see that scene where they're looking at their math grades and. Casper uh, Van Dien, Johnny Rico's, they're like, he has like really bad math grades. Right. Then when they sign up, we see that Neil, Hatch Neil Patrick Harris gets put right into games and theory or whatever. Which right. Figuring but out the he's, actual strategies of the war. And yeah. Stuff. But, but that's because he's telepathic. Yeah. But also because we're supposed to think he's much smarter than, than the others. He also has a, like a ferret. Yeah. <laughs> he does. Okay. So Johnny Rico joins because of the girl but he's not even going to be anywhere yeah, around like, her maybe anywhere she is yeah, yeah i think I he's know. just trying to show like 
another fault, like another fault of like joining the military is that like you're trying to do something for somebody else to prove that you're something. When you know, in reality, all it does is rip you away from the people that you actually care about. I think like, we definitely needed the, like, I don't want your life. I don't want your life. <laughs> oh, Varsity <laughs> Blue style. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we more or less kind of have those scenes without that actual line of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, once they, once they sign up, uh, well, you get some funny stuff in the classroom scenes, actually, even before they go in, where they're dissecting the bug, and Rue McClanahan is the... Oh, so yeah, looking exactly like the doctor from A Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, good call. Yeah, she does. <laughs> like, put a picture, James. I think that you should put a picture on Instagram mm -hmm. of those two together, like beside each other. <laughs> Look so similar. similar. It's ridiculous. I think that scene's really funny. They're like pulling, he's like pulling out of the guts. He's like, here, and he's just like plopping them into Denise Richard's hands and she's like super queasy and stuff. But that's also kind of funny like to, to dissect that for a second because like he, he's infiltrated, right? He's the first on the ground. Like he's the tip of the spear. So he's okay with all of that kind of stuff. Whereas Denise Richard's character flies kind of above it. She doesn't have to be a part of it for most of the movie. Like that's mm -hmm. her role. And she can't handle like that actual like gruesome stuff, right? So if you're yeah. smart enough, like and privileged enough, you can kind of fly above right. all you, of the. You don't necessarily have to see all the the grotesqueries of war. Yeah, where like Johnny Rico, like he has to be able to handle that day in day out. There's a scene later on with uh, with Seth Gillum, uh, Sugar Watkins. He's from uh, yeah, The Oz, Wire. Oz and The Wire. Yeah. Yeah, and like. I'm watching and he's just like shooting a bug, right? Like over and over and over again. And he's <laughs> covered in, in green like slime. green slime. And I'm like, no matter how much I hated someone or something, I just would never do that because I'm like, that can't be comfortable. Like there's no shower around the corner. Well, that's part of the whole nature of these, the war thing too, though, right? It is you dehumanize your enemy. And in this case, their enemies are literally giant bugs. There's gross things that you can't oh, relate to. Such an amazing choice. I mean, this is based on it. Yeah, it's based on a 50s novel by Rob and a famous science fiction author. Yeah, like this is I, not an, an original screenplay. Yeah, well, it, the thing is they had started, I guess, uh, I forget his name that you said, he was writing the screenplay and it was it was so similar in ways to Heinlein's book that they were like, well, let's just make it into an adaptation of the book. Adam um, Niemer. Uh, that's actually really cool that they did that. Yeah, and like I, th I, I think I mean I, I think it's really cool that they like were like oh, here's this dude who wrote this novel like 50 years ago. <laughs> well, it's, like, it's interesting because I was reading about the novel and about like Verhoeven was like oh I tried to read the novel and I thought it was just like fascist garbage, so I got um, the screenwriter to tell me what happens in the rest of it. But, <laughs> and so then he was taking he was taking making this movie that was just like kind of skewering what he thought was the intent of the novel but then there's apparently all this argument from fans of Heinlein's that say no he, Heinlein's point was also to like uh make fun of these militaristic aspects of these of this stuff in society so but it's hard to say because I I couldn't find any clear answer on that because there's a whole bunch of people who are like oh no he was a fascist himself and was super hoorah but then there's a bunch of people that are like no no the point of the novel was to illustrate all the flaws with this but i as far as i can tell no one it's just you have to come down on one side of the argument or the other there's no clear well, this was up to you listeners email james 
yeah. tell us was the original author a fascist or not a fascist and if you are a fascist give us ten dollars a month and stop listening to the podcast <laughs> My, my guess is he's he's probably he probably is a fascist and then it's just like stuff comes out later and it's like oh no no he didn't that's not what he meant he was actually making fun of it yeah Maybe. I, don't, I don't know because some people were trying to be like oh no he was like a conscientious objector and i don't know i it, it i can't tell who's right and wrong about this so right. i'll tell you who's not a fascist paul verhoeven no that guy hates fascists well that's why it's so yeah, i love paul verhoeven it's so funny when it came out that people thought that he had intentionally made a fascist but, movie but that's because i think so this is he grew up in nazi like in the netherlands and nazi controlled yeah, he's born in 1938 in the netherlands okay like this guy was going through as a child like complete hell like not to get too personal but like james and i like our grandparents were going through that at that time like they were living there and they were our grandparents were both like both sides fought why didn't your grandparents write a good a good movie like starship troopers though i don't know they were too busy busy like literally one side of the family was was murdering nazis and the other side of the family was hiding jews so I think they were kind of yeah, caught up. But they, did they really contribute? They didn't make a movie like Starship Troopers. No. They didn't. Well, this is true, Dustin. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. I think, I think that if I could go back and just like talk to my my grandparents and their siblings, I would be like, I think what you're doing is like super noble and shit, right? But could you write a fucking movie? <laughs> could you please, I feel like? Could you make something at least on the level of RoboCop? Otherwise, GTFO, right? Did you just do me a favor and do something dope in the film industry to get me a foot in the door later <laughs> on? Can you stop killing Nazis for a second and write a movie? Yeah, fucking these, like, Paul Verhoeven grew up in like modern day for white people, one of the worst situations you could grow up in. I say white people because we obviously can't take away anything from what's happening in fucking the Middle East or anywhere else, South, South America, Africa, uh, Asia. But I'm just so glad there's a guy out there that's just making films like this, that is just like unabashedly somehow flying under the radar, well, just I making mean films that completely turn, turn like what expectations, expectations on their head. Like RoboCop, this, like, like, are the people who are greenlighting this film just, they don't see what he's doing? Well, I thought they they could probably sell it as a straight action sci-fi thing, right? Sorry, James, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, like, I mean, this is in the 90s. So, I mean, like, can they make this now? Would this happen now? No, I don't think so. No, Not not only because of the messaging, but because... I don't think they dump money into a a sci-fi movie like this, sci-fi action film like this, that doesn't really star any big stars at the time. Still had a budget, obviously had a serious budget for effects. Like mm-hmm. like this, we, we haven't talked about the CG and stuff. Yes, it's dated, but it still looks pretty good considering it actually it's holds up. 97, yeah. Oh yeah, there's some, there's some wonky and, shit and when they like jump of, on the bugs. 
Yeah, yeah. And there, but there's a great mix of practical shit too, with like actual goopy bug guts and bloody gore and stuff throughout the film. So like, it's a good. It's one of those ones that mixes it really well. I feel like. Yeah. Also, so, uh, a budget of a hundred and five million. What's the? Oh, I'll, I haven't checked the box office. I'll tell you guys later. It did do good. Oh, you already looked at it. Well, I'm just looking at what it brought in, and yeah, it was not a it was not a hit. No, they won't make a movie that represents. I don't know, forty eight percent of America right now. Right, right. This is a movie that is trying to tell people what's coming, mm-hmm. and no one. It's a bomb because no one listened to it. Yeah, well, I think uh, from what I understand, you know, the reviews were pretty bad when it came out. They were very then, bad. And then there was a, it made a lot of money its first weekend. And then there was a steep drop off because people saw these reviews that were like, this is a bunch of shit. And unfortunately, it was because yeah, I get that, you know, John, you were 14. I think I was 18 when I saw this. And okay, we didn't necessarily get the messaging going on. But what are these adult film critics? They didn't understand what he was doing in this movie that's what i don't understand i have no i how the fuck do you not see how blatantly obvious everything is there's literally like like neil patrick harris walks out like he's i don't know a a nazi in full regalia in front of a a fascist flag and like no one's like oh wait a second like this kind of reminds me of textbooks well, and the thing is, that they, you would have thought that critics would be aware of who Verhoeven was. They'd or, they would have already seen RoboCop, so they would know what kind of satire he employs, like what he uses in his films. So that's why I don't understand why no one got it at the time. I mean, I'm sure there were some who did, but like the the majority didn't. So it's just. I mean, was back. it just was it just too smart for the time? Maybe, or it's just maybe it was just too different from anything that was coming out at that time for them to to grasp the tone of what he was doing. I mean, ninety seven. I'd have to look up what came out in ninety seven. Yeah, well, John. I mean, I guess at the end of the episode, he can give us some of that rundown. But um, yeah, I, don't I, I I think that everybody just missed it. I think that they were too fucking dumb. I think things were just too okay at that time. Yeah, and then like, like I was saying earlier, after nine eleven, when the political landscape changed quite a bit, then people started being like. Oh, I, I get this movie now. It's like all this shit that he showed in this movie is happening now. So that's a huge thing about about Stormtroop Troopers is that when it came out, it was generally panned. Post mortem, it's people have been been pointing to it more and more as the years have gone by. I mean, they've been pointing and being like, "Oh, wait a second, this was quite prescient. This was like actually showing us like what could happen again." Yeah. Um, and I think that's the big thing that everybody missed. I think that the late nineties politically were like this, this dream kind of state where everything was just kind of going on. It was the Bill Clinton years, like things were just happening and people were happy. Right. And then post nine 11, you've got another kind of fucking horrible chunk of life. And now people are looking back at things and being like, Oh, wait a second. There were signs all along right but i think what i like about the movie is that he he, is a fully rounded movie where everything works on each level like it's not just about the comedy and the uh you know criticizing policy and all that kind of stuff or like post-world war ii america and their attitudes it has all that stuff but then at the same time it still works as a sci-fi action movie about people blowing up bugs, right? Like yeah. all those stuff is well yeah. done. Like the arm, you know, like all you know, the effects, the costuming, the 
the sets and everything like all that stuff has to work in order for you to get the just the action part of the movie right as well to make it entertaining and, and that's what we should start talking about i think so let's start talking about the actual movie we've talked so much about the politics of it let's talk about like how amazingly gory and gross this film is uh like they don't hold back like they they selectively hold back at really funny parts like right, things. the censor the censored cow getting torn apart by the yeah the yeah man this this movie just fucking loves to rip people apart <laughs> yeah it's, you got all kinds of good grody deaths in this uh you know you got decapitations disemboweling people getting chopped in half uh stabbed uh, brains sucked out of holes in their heads like all kinds of shit yeah not not to uh, mention like how many bugs get like massacred yeah and them squirming around with their legs all broken <laughs> shit. Like, I like the design too on the bugs. Like they're cool looking. Like you know the, the arachnid ones. They don't really look like something you've seen in another movie necessarily. You know, like yeah. they have their own distinct look. But I do like that they kept going back to the like one would die or just just about die, and then it would like stab its leg in or into one the last, yeah yeah human's leg yeah one last dying gasping effort from the bug yeah. did oh. get the like when it actually focused on the bug's eye it yeah. almost brought like like I'm just crying to it feeling to it like it's not just a monster who are the real monsters yeah exactly <laughs> look in the mirror turns out we were the real monsters all along mm-hmm. well we already knew that so yeah i love all the goopy bug guts when he's like on the back of that giant beetle type of thing and he's like sh- shooting a huge hole in his back and there's all this like oh that's awesome shit gushing out and he throws the bomb in there and yeah blows its guts out i mean yeah the effects are pretty fucking impressive considering actually how they are. that that bug is pretty cool how it like shoots that flame yeah they like shoot that blue flame shit out of their ass and that's how they like knock down all the the big spaceships for the humans that are like coming in yeah okay so but also so these bugs shoot asteroids or rocks into space or they're firing meteors or something like at earth right right uh i'm not sure if they're is that being done with the blue energy or is that just or is that another thing that they're doing wasn't totally clear on that blue energy is just to shoot and hit the spaceships yeah that's what it seemed like which is like i'm sorry how fucking dumb do you have to be how many times do you have to like lose those spaceships (laughs) for you to figure out hey maybe we shouldn't hang out here all like tight together you know where we can't (laughs) maneuver at all i think when they first come i think we're supposed to think like oh they thought they're just going to come in and like kick the bugs asses but then they weren't they weren't prepared for the actual strategic defense that the bugs had remember they show that panel where the people are arguing about if the bugs are smart or not federal scientists struggle to explain the intelligent military actions of the arachnids when a colony reaches a certain size 300 generations or something it gets smarter insects with intelligence have you ever met one i can't believe i am hearing this nonsense this is the most ridiculous conversation i have ever had there is some kind of bug that we haven't seen yet. A leadership cast, a, a hive brain. Brain bugs? Frankly, I find the idea of a bug that thinks offensive. Right. Some kind of smart bug? That uh, that whole idea just offends me. <laughs> <That guy. laughs> oh, man. All that shit's good. <laughs> 
that's hilarious um but i also like too like the movie takes time to build up sort of the relationship and camaraderie of the soldiers together yeah and then you know then when you see them get brutally killed like they all thought like oh yeah it's gonna be so fun to be in the army and then like they're getting like stabbed and torn apart by, by these things yeah um i thought that was well done because that stuff doesn't work unless you can build up the sort of friendships between these soldier characters. Yeah. I mean, I think the movie does a great job of using those military, military war tropes very well, like them coming up, like the accident that happens, like he, he got the platoon leader. He got the one guy killed in training and then, right. Yeah. And, and the, and they've cast all the like drill sergeant people so well, like Clancy Brown is their yeah. main drill sergeant. And then later, like fast forward to the end of the movie, he's the one that like gets the brain bug and, uh, and he's like a private and he's like saluting <laughs> Johnny Rico at that point. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was all really funny. Cause it's supposed to, you know, we're supposed to see this sort of like long passage of time and the way that all these characters developed into their roles, which yeah. is one of the things you know, like the movie is kind of long, it's over two hours long, but I think he needed that runtime in order to sort of create that sense of that journey of these people and where they went and stuff. Well, I mean, what could you have cut out? Like, I don't know what. Yeah. I don't even know if there's anything I would want to cut out because the the camaraderie scenes with the soldiers are generally pretty fun. Yeah. Like all the joking they do with each other and whatnot. Um, and team building and all that shit. But then also like, you know, when they have conflicts uh, and then it's just like, like, even all the like downtime, yeah, you yeah. get, you get all those character flavor. Yeah, exactly. And that's when you get some of the, like the best lines or the best like comedy where it's like the news broadcast. Yeah, or... So yeah. Then you have those interstitials, which are absolutely uh, the bones of the movie. Yeah. And, and then you have the big action scenes. So you kind of need all of it. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's why I think that the, the, length is justified yeah. uh, and sometimes we watch movies that are over two hours and it's like okay you could have cut this you could have cut this i don't know that there's much i would have cut from this oh yeah and i think that like a lot of the stuff that actually probably takes up more time than it should is just like the onslaught of bugs coming at them yeah but that's yeah. it's fun too <laughs> it's so funny like if you just let yourself go and just like are like all right come at me like I it's think the really movie funny like it delivers on on the entertainment front on each thing that it's doing like even the drill stuff when they're first coming up and you have got clancy brown like breaks that one guy's arm right off the bat who's like i'll challenge you drill sergeant yeah he just like fucking breaks his arm he's like medic clancy yeah. brown fucking rules in this movie he's great he's yeah, but then you you get like that that small glimpse of like the advancements in medicine because he has that thing on his arm oh yeah he's got an arm thing and then also um yeah michael ironside later right he gets like he has a fake arm when he joins up and then, michael ironside also fucking rules in this movie total badass and don't forget johnny rico gets that huge stab wound and he goes in that like luke skywalker tank to oh get right felt yeah. to me like all of the what i want to call um adults in this film uh like the michael ironsides and what have you knew exactly what they were making oh yeah that's the impression i get well i mean i'm not even sure ironside has to get it because he delivers what you want from him which is to be this hard-ass 
drill sergeant, and he's perfect at it. Yeah. Well, Ironside is he's, not oh, he's, not, he's sorry, he's not the drill he's sergeant. The teacher. He's, he's like the he's the teacher who becomes like their yeah. The other uh, guy's the drill sergeant. But Ironside's got great lines too. Like you, know, you want to live forever, and you know when he kills that one soldier that gets taken by the flying bug, and he's like, he's I like, expect I any of you to do the same for me. And like, well, and then you hear Johnny Rico like talk later on, like he says all the exact same words. Yeah, he's now he's now that person, right? He becomes that role. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't have much negative to say about the movie because I think most of the stuff works really well. Like, well, do you want to say give a favorite scene? Uh, I love at the end when when Patrick Muldoon and um, Denise Richards get taken into the brain bugs lair and that fucking it's so gross and <laughs> just like pulsating and oozing mm-hmm. and then that fucking like needle giant bone needle like fucking comes out of its head and just like plunges into Patrick Muldoon's head and like fucking sucks him dry. <laughs> he just looks awesome. His face is all like kind yeah. of caving in and stuff. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I don't know. There's tons of fun scenes. James? I don't know. It's it's hard to pick one scene. I mean, there's it, it's like all these little side scenes where they're like getting, you know, tattoos or they're like getting in a fight. Infiltry and what is it? Flight? Flight, or? flight yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't quite understand. We don't, mix. we don't mix. It's just like <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it's the kind of shit that happens though. I know. <laughs> I didn't quite understand why the infiltry was getting death from above. Well, because they're, they're dropped in, I guess. I guess, but like... Death it's also... Bomb. You think it's like the bombs. It's also like, there's so many scenes where it's just, it's so funny. I found myself like chuckling to myself where like, you know, she's called in to fly this ship and then all of a sudden, who's in the chair next to her? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, it, I, I think that's another like commentary on like, uh, on all this stuff like he's make he's making fun of everything oh yeah where where all the all the people look like they're they're 30 years old where like everything that you think is going to happen like every connection i think there's a really funny scene later on and i don't know if this was on purpose or if it just was like the way my brain was working but um like they have the first wave of everybody right so at this point we're like three quarters of the way through the movie uh uh johnny rico is now like up higher he's like in charge and they have a whole new team of people that come in and yeah, i swear to god the, some of the original characters have died at that point and then yeah. they're teamed up with these new soldiers yeah and, and i swear to god that some of the new soldiers are like 13 years old yeah there is there is it's just like he's like oh man you wait till you see these young kids that they brought up and it's like and that's so it's so fucking funny in the front row and it's yeah it is like oh yeah of course they would do that though because they don't There's care also about that scene where it shows it's one of those interstitials where it shows the uh, the military like letting kids handle their machine guns and stuff and they're like <laughs> oh, yeah. fondling them and they're like oh, ha, ha, like that's so cute and I like gives the them bullets. They're, all, they're all fighting <laughs> over them... the one gun it's so good oh god <laughs> a lot of the uh I, I love a lot of the stuff when they were fighting the bugs and like the bugs would just like straight up massacre them uh, I thought it was really funny when the when the Johnny Rico gets like assigned to be the the squad leader and he ends up getting the one guy's head blown off. Yeah, we talked about that a little. Yeah. when you oh, you that. did okay. But it just the, no, but still say what you want. Yeah, well, it shows the absolute incompetence of everything that's happening. Oh yeah, it's just, it's just like they don't fucking care. <laughs> like, 
Well, they're, using, was, like, they're using live ammunition for their like, yeah. training stuff. And they're, they're brand really new. Cool. It also is so funny when like Denise Richards is like, it's like her first day and she's just like flying a jet. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just so dumb. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming we're supposed to, I mean, we, we spend most of the time with the, the military grunts. Yeah. So I think, you know, we didn't see Denise Richards in her flight training school and we didn't see. No, but, we can track, but we can track her timeline by Johnny's. Yeah, she, they, they climb the ranks very quickly. Right? Yeah, they don't show much of her, though, and what she has to do. I yeah, mean, I mean they, he sends her like those computer messages. And stuff yeah, like, he sends her one computer message. I think there's a couple. And then I think there's one. But then she sends him one. Yeah. She sends his. Okay. We only see one, but I think we're supposed yes, to think that it's there's. It's supposed to be implied. There's maybe. One. I want to go to one scene that I think is so fucking funny. So they just have the big fight uh, and they win. And Michael Ironside is like, I got the kegs. Listen up. I expect the best and I give the best. Here's the beer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've got the whatever. Oh, the first of all, I want to say he, first of all, <laughs> working working with with kegs all the time, the way he throws that keg around, I'm like, <laughs> it's like. Buddy, what are you doing? Well, obviously, it's like, dude, you, no, that's a, like, that's 150 pounds. Like, you did not just do that. So yeah, that's he's Michael, strong. He's Michael Ironside, dude. <laughs> the other thing is, is like. <laughs> There's like, obviously a new new people who has a problem with the keg weight. <laughs> I just that keg did not move properly. Um, and the, but there's like there's footballs and handballs and a fucking violin, and a, and a neon yeah. green electronic. Of like, course, there is. Oh, it's so funny. Like I think like, every single one of these beats is just like completely making fun of all of these movies. And like, oh yeah, like these are scenes, the types of scenes you see in other war films, right? Like all the, I, the training stuff, the the war stuff, the the camaraderie between the soldiers, yeah. all that stuff. It's so that was really really fucking funny when he like pulls out that violin and he starts playing <laughs> or fiddle or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, apparently Jake Busey learned to play the fucking violin for that. Oh really? Scene. Man, that guy's got big teeth. Sure does, but also can play a violin now and i bet he has no apparently about that kind of funny uh i'm just finishing off the last season of justified uh in quarantine um i've watched rewatched the whole season uh before we started beforehand uh so like my wife's watching it upstairs and i'm watching it downstairs and jake Busey was just in the episode of justified that i watched nice to, nice. nice to see him pop up twice in one day still working he's great yeah, he's just fun. He's a fun. He's hilarious. Goofball. Yeah, <laughs> I like. If I just... like early in the movie, he wants to. He's like, I'm going to be squad leader, and then later on, he's like in a humble position where he's like, No, yeah. I'm just here to fight now. I've screwed that up. <laughs> what I like though is that they don't do that typical thing where they in most movies where he has a rival that like is yeah, up against. Well, at first, you think that it's going to be like that, right? And then they quickly back away from that. 
Yeah, they kind of turn that on his head, and they'd be like, "No, we're all friends." Woo! Like, I wish they like, like did a super high five, like in the like, big middle high five in a circle. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of um, Dizzy, like the character, the Dizzy character? <laughs> She's like the most grounded character in the entire film. I actually, I really like her character. I I thought her character was really great. Yeah, I thought she was pretty great too. Um, of course, she has to die, right? Yeah, she dies. She she really loved him all along, Denise Richards. Yeah, it's like, man, you're too good. You're too good for him. Why are you settling well, for Johnny all, Rico? Why are you settling for Johnny Rico? Yeah, she's too good for him, but she's also like naturally the most talented person in the movie yeah i mean she's like really gung-ho i love that you know i love how tough they make her like she's on the football team too when they're in high school still yeah she's the quarterback she's like taking people out and shit um but, but hold on i want to say something about that that's the whole thing too is like this intergender thing like you were talking about with the shower scene like yeah there isn't any kind of like oh man, it's are, post- men are these roles women are these roles yeah it's post-gender but i, I want to say something about her being the quarterback and the choices that he verhoven makes like she's the quarterback the most important possibly one of the most important positions in sports mm-hmm. right Definitely and really football. well in football but but also one of the most difficult just in in, in all of sport and the, the quarterback is like generally perceived to be like the cap like the leader and and possibly the smartest person on the team like they make the dis- a lot of the decisions and they're they're setting a lot yeah. of things in motion but she, she's verhoven still puts her and it's like you're never gonna be like, throughout one. the sorry throughout the film he he positions her to propel johnny forward right johnny even says at one point like i couldn't have done that without you like she's feeding him she's, wine. She's, his, she's, she's literally like his support. Yeah. Through the whole movie. But in reality, she never, she never stops like having those feelings for him throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. She already feels that way at the beginning. She's trying to dance with him and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. But in reality, she is the one, like she is the actual hero of the film. Well, it's it's yeah, her, it's her actions mm-hmm. that, that create everything, but she doesn't get to have that. And I think most of it is because she's a woman. As she's, I think even we're, also, she's, we're also supposed to think though that she's deflecting some of her feelings because she even though she is totally a gung-ho badass she is this person that's in love with johnny and they're like oh why did you join up rico and she tells everyone in the shower oh he joined for a girl well yeah. but, but really we're that's you know deflecting from her own thing of like she's in love with him right and so she's kind of following him in a way yeah, I still think it's a really interesting way of, for them to portray her. I do want to know. Um, so they're playing like indoor arena football or whatever. Um, it's called jump ball, apparently. Jump ball because they jump. I'm <laughs> so jump assuming up do, jump on up a do flips. And stuff. Yeah, on a trampoline they jump over <laughs> the defenders. I, I don't know. That, those are quite the moves, I have to say. Oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 Oh, in the actually in the future they teach you how to jump over people. And of course that has to tie in later. Hey, let's run the whatever play. Yeah, let's do that play. Yeah. But that's the brilliance Again, of this movie. Yeah, it's back to what John's talking about of Verhoeven making fun of like yeah. all of these aspects of oh, like yeah. this he takes every single trope there is and just like is like oh, I'm gonna use this to my benefit. I mean, there's a, a back to good scenes. I mean, the scene where they're really getting besieged at that one base, and there's just like thousands and thousands of bugs coming, and uh, 
they're like trying to hold the walls and stuff. I mean, that's just fun on like a level of, you know, if you're watching Lord of the Rings and all the orcs are trying to climb over the walls or you're watching any kind of war thing where there's like, how are they going to get out of this? They're pinned down yeah. in this like small so, base and fighting off these things. I think a really cool thing about what, the way the film is just structured though is, is like, oh, they would never get out of this. Like this, is, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, they, they should all be dead. But the way they structured the film is like, of course they're going to get out and I'm going to buy it because <laughs> this movie is a joke. Like it's making fun of all this stuff mm-hmm. while at the same time still delivering like fucking dope ass kills. Yeah. That's what I keep coming back to is like, yes, there, he is, um, he is sort of mocking certain tropes in, in not only science fiction films, but just in war movies and all this stuff. But at the same time, he's still delivering that stuff to you in an effective way. <laughs> like, the storytelling yeah. is still there in terms of, yeah, Johnny Rico's an idiot, but I still kind of want to see him win the day somehow, you know? Like, I don't know. Of it, course, yeah. That's, that's why Verhoeven's a fucking master. Uh, I also, I do want to go back to the special effects for a second. So the special effects involving the bugs, uh, I feel still stand up to kind of like what, yeah. Obviously, they had at the time, but I also found it nice in like a I, I don't know like a nostalgia way of how he shot the scenes in the spaceship when the spaceship gets like destroyed. Oh yeah, that was cool when it's like split open and you see all the levels and stuff in it. Yeah, but also like when they're in the like control room and they crash into like another ship. And it looks very like uh, Star Trek, kind of like yeah, they're. Yeah. yeah so I, I thought about this too, and he seems to be very Verhoeven. Seems to be very stuck on this way he's presenting throughout his films, the way he's presenting the future. And I don't know if it's necessarily the way that he thinks the future is actually going to look, but it's just like this is the way that I'm going to present the future. Right. So right. nothing is slick. Nothing is clean. Right. And so this brings up a thing that we talk about a lot when it comes to futuristic movies. Mm. And I think he is probably the best out of anyone of being able to do a futuristic movie, but still stay in the lane of the technology he has at his hands huh. and not yeah. make it too crazy you know i think one of the things in the book is that they had the soldiers had like mech suits that they wore and i think it was a good idea to break it down to them just having like body armor like futuristic body Mm -hmm. armor instead of them having these robotic i mean obviously would have cost a lot more to make a movie with they were all had individual suits like that but it makes it it makes them more vulnerable to the bugs and stuff that they're just infantry they have like a futuristic armor but it's still just like body armor well, there's also something to be said for the fact that, like, in RoboCop, in this, like, specifically, let's talk about those two films, everything is futuristic but antiquated at the same time. But somehow I'm okay with it for these films because this is the world that he's he's living in. Like, I do seem to remember you having a bit of problem with the technology in Total Recall. I did. And you know what? And the thing is, is that, like, I think I was wrong about that stuff. Like I, I just sorry. I, sorry, can you just? I just want to hear that one more time. Can you say it again? <laughs> I just want to hear it one more. Just one more time. 
I why think do people? Not, I'm, all right, I'm making a meal. Of why this do thing. people have a problem? Why do people think that I never say I'm wrong? I say I'm wrong all the time. Well, good, good stuff. Good work. <laughs> I've never heard you say you're wrong. Well, I mean, it hasn't happened yet. But when they, when it does, <laughs> uh-huh. I'll, uh, I'll James has never been wrong, so he doesn't have to apologize. Yeah. I think but I usually start out with saying I'm probably completely wrong, but <laughs> this is what James. I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. We've kind of talked around this movie. We've talked about this movie a lot. Uh, should we change our ratings, or is that is it too soon? No, I think. Uh, I mean, unless there's specific stuff you guys want to. Well, let's up. before we get to our ratings, I want to do one little game. I want to do our domestic 1997 week 45. This is November 7th and 9th, 1997. Top 10 films at the theater. Do you guys want to know where Starship Troopers entered? It's in the top 10. It's in the top 10. I'm going to say I'm going to say two because I think it did well its first weekend and then dropped off after that. Mm, yeah, no, I'm going to say like more like eight. Okay. All right, cool. All right, we'll stop. Start at number ten. Uh, it's Fairy Tale, a true story. Don't remember no, what that was. No idea what that is. Uh, number nine, Kiss the Girls. This oh, yeah. is one of Dustin's favorite films and books. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is a this is a Patterson book, isn't it's a it? A James Patterson book. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. James, I do actually kind of remember liking the movie though. So you know, we all have, we all know that James that Dustin sorry is a big uh, Patterson head. He loves Patterson. More of a Judsman, more of an Ashley Judsman. I uh, I tried to read a Patterson book one time. I I didn't know who he was. I was on my Oof. honeymoon and I picked up his novel a novel at the uh, at the airport uh, when I was going for my honeymoon. Um, it was the biggest piece of shit I've ever read. Yeah, I've read one of I, his books too. It's it was bad. <laughs> it was great, so god awful. Oh, it was like, I, 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 you're totally right. I was like, who the fuck is this written for? Mm-hmm. Like, it was so bad. Um, all right, number eight is Eve's Bayou. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about that movie lately. I actually have it PVR'd. I remember the name. I don't remember what it's about. Uh, number. Seven. So, Dustin, this is a huge movie. You love this movie. 1997 film, PTA. Oh, Boogie Nights. Yeah, Boogie Nights is at number seven, down from number four. Eve's Bayou, by the way, was a new entry. Uh, it was a new, it was a first week release. Oh, yeah. uh, Boogie Nights was in its fourth week. Number six is a disgruntled security guard holds a school trip group hostage while. A news reporter forms a bond with him. Oh, that sounds Travolta like, and Hoffman. Oh, it's like Mad City or something it's like Mad that. Mad City, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, number five. That was a that was a new entry, by the way. Uh, number five is Red Corner. Red Corner, yeah. Richard Gere. This Richard Gere movie, when, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number four, uh, down from number three, The Devil's Advocate. Number three, down from number one, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Fucking loved this movie. Saw it in the theater. So bad. <laughs> I loved it so much. Um, number two, this is a super weird movie. So number two is a Ron Atkinson film. The week previous, it was at 15th. Oh, it went up the rankings. Oh, well, they added 1,703 cinemas. Okay, give me something else. It's Ron on. Atkinson. I don't know who Ron it's Atkinson the f- is. Who's that? Am I saying his name wrong? Rowan Atkinson? Oh, Rowan Atkinson. So it's either the Mr. Bean movie or like Johnny it's, English? It's Bean. Uh, and number one in its first week 
with $22 million is Starship Troopers. Oh, number one, eh? So it made number one that week and then just dropped off. It must have gone from number one to like 20. Yeah, there was a severe drop off from what I was Be- reading. Because I think it made domestically, it was like 30 million, 50 million, something so the like first, that. So it dropped 54% for the second week, which is normal, right? It dropped to 10 million. And the uh, week after, that's a pretty, that's a pretty steep. It's drop. pretty steep, but it's, and then it dropped another fifty three percent. Yeah, like it did gross then, U.S. It did fifty four million. Yeah, and then it dropped another forty one percent. It just kept it but kept you going said, from there. How much did you say it had cost to make, James? Like one hundred and five million. One hundred and five million worldwide. It did one hundred and twenty one million. All right, so it wasn't a complete and utter failure, but did not do well. Did not do well. Uh, one last thing before we get to the ratings. I just want to say I love the end of the movie. We go back to one more of those. Do you want to know more things? And it's just the whole movie has been a recruitment ad mm-hmm. to join up, right? Like at the end, it's just like, you join now because we're going to fight and we're going to win. Like this whole yeah gung-ho shit. Uh, it's just a perfect way to end it. All right. I also do like at the end where he's like reading the mind of the bug and oh, yeah. says it's scared and everyone's like yeah, yeah. fuck yeah <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> oh, that's they, just... they show it to the bug they're like they're doing experiments on the brain bug and they're like yeah. it's another one of those censored things where they're like jamming yeah. and a thing up its schnoz or whatever the fuck that is oh <laughs> uh, uh, we didn't I, yeah we need to get into the, the hypersexual shit at the end of this movie it's ridiculous <laughs> well let's give the ratings all right, Dustin, why don't you go ahead first? Uh, well, my reaction was an 8, and my overall score is a 7.6. James? Yeah, my uh, reaction is an 8, overall 7.4. All right, my overall reaction is an 8. I, uh, this movie gets an 8 from me. Kills fucking, I think, bumped it up. So where does that put us, James? So that's 7.7. 7. So That's pretty respectable. That's, so that's goddamn respectable. So that makes it all the way to 25. 25. And so it's on its own. It's tied with First Blood. Ooh. It's my movie. Should I go first or last? Your choice, man. It's up to you. Okay, I'll go last. Okay, I'll go first. I think this should go behind First Blood. Yeah. Um, I think I would also probably put it behind First Blood. I think First Blood is just kind of more classic and iconic, and that's why I would maybe go with that, even though there's a whole lot to love about Starship Troopers. Yeah. I just don't think it's in that pantheon. I don't know. It, it's it's tough, because I do love this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. So I would say that while First Blood and this movie actually have way more in common than people would at first <laughs> think about like i i i think more than sylvester stallone would even think about at this point i mean he's riddled with the ghb uh and (laughs) whatever else is happening in his body um they have a lot in common i mean they're both fighting against i think like fascism in a sense but more just the military industrial complex i think that first blood was incredibly like what signing up can do to you yeah I i think that first blood is fantastic and iconic but I'm going to rewatch Starship Troopers if it's on. If I'm going to, I'm going to catch scenes of that. 
Um, I have more joy watching Starship Troopers than I do First Blood. Sure, that's not just, more fun. And I and that's not to take anything away from Starship Troopers. Sorry, from First Blood, because mm-hmm. um, I think it's actually a fucking great film, as much as Stallone's early stuff is. Yeah, I mean, I would admit that it's probably easier to just. If you came across Starship Troopers, watch. You could watch any bit of Starship plug, Troopers. You're going to plug right in, yeah. Right. Where First Blood, it's like, okay, you kind of need... You don't need to be in the whole movie if you've seen it before, but... True, but it's more of a, like, weighty, like... Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to sit with this kind of thing movie. Whereas Starship Troopers is like... I don't know. Everything is just goofy fun happening. Yeah, yeah it's I a mean, popcorn there, movie. There's two different you movies. want it to be. I think they're both awesome. I mean, this is going to end up at 26, right behind First Blood. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Fairhoven is still the king. Very respectable uh, positioning, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we got Robocop at 7. We've got... Total Recall at 20. Yeah, and then we've got... Uh, now we've got Starship Troopers. So at 26. I mean, he kills it. Fairhoven, Fairhoven's the goat. No one can take that away from them. Yeah. Fuck all the haters. Great positioning. All right. So next week we are going to have a very special episode. We're going to, it's a, a, James, is it the 35th anniversary of this movie? 35th anniversary. Yep. So it's the 35th anniversary of the Bill Allen, Lori Laughlin fucking classic. 1986 is rad. So we're going to, oh, yeah. there's in honor of the re-release uh, the special edition Blu-ray fucking remastered. We're going to watch Rad. Um, I'm super excited. This is a movie that I've heard about. People talked about like all growing up. I never actually saw it as a kid. Yeah, I've um, never seen it. Uh, it's a big deal now that it's available on Blu-ray too, because for a long time it was only VHS. Like it skipped DVD altogether, this movie. So yeah. So um, I had like, I never saw it as a kid. I had best friends growing up as a teenager that this was like one of their, like this well, the included day, rad gleaming the cube, gleaming the cube. Yeah, this was uh, like, this was like, it, yeah, exactly. So I'm pretty stoked to watch this. Yeah, finally, 1986 is rad. So uh, go watch it, watch it before we talk about it, so that you can listen to it because we're obviously going to spoil everything for you. On that note, I want to say thank you guys so much for listening. Um, please check us out on Letterboxd Action Action. Um, please check our Patreon out, uh, Patreon Action underscore Action. And we'll see you next week. are working around the clock to probe its secrets. Once we understand the bug, we will defeat it. 
the ships. We have the weapons. We need soldiers. Soldiers like Lieutenant Stack Lumbridge. We're in the target area now, Captain. And Captain Carmen Evanez. This is the Captain speaking. All personnel from the front. Soldiers like Private Ace Levy and Lieutenant John Rico. Come on, you idiot! You want to live forever? We need you all. Service guarantees citizenship. 